As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Treasure Coast and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio, on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or you can shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. At 772-245-0750. Well, what, what, what should we talk about? <laughs> These are the salad days for talk hosts. There is never a lull in this news cycle. And we've got uh, reports from the, the blast in Beirut and the uh, Antifa hearings at the U.S. Senate. That's uh, some great testimony there. We've got uh, an update on the Biden campaign and whether he's going to sit for a cognitive test. Oprah Winfrey is uh, lecturing us now about our privilege. That's right. One of the richest women in the world is going to lecture us about privilege. She, she got to be a billionaire, not by hard work, not, you know, not uh, creating a, a big industry with a lot of jobs. No, she was just talking. <laughs> I guess I should hold her up as a role model, but I don't. But let's start uh, with the primaries last night. We had primaries in four states, Michigan, Kansas, Arizona, and Missouri. And uh, the uh, the results weren't good for us in, uh, in Kansas. What's wrong with Kansas? That was a book in the, in the 90s trying to figure out uh, why the uh, Kansas Republican Party was so milquetoast. But Mitch McConnell has again rolled out his uh, his machine and defeated Chris Kobach. Chris Kobach, uh, a rock ribbed conservative, a staunch America First advocate, a a um, a proven fighter to secure our borders, went down to uh, another one of these, you know, country club, chamber of commerce, um, spineless type Republicans that. Mitch McConnell prefers. They pulled out all the stops. They poured money into Kobach's challengers campaign. They ran a third party to try to take, uh, take votes on the, on the border issue. They set up a, a whole pack out there. Mitch McConnell's Senate campaign committee did in order to, uh, to run against 
Chris Kobach. They say that, uh, you know, if, uh, if Kobach won the primary, then he might lose in the general election. I don't believe that would be the case, but that's the same, same argument he made when he went in and defeated Mo Brooks in Alabama. And that, uh, let, left the field open to, uh, judge Roy Moore and Roy Moore, you know, Mitch McConnell and the, all the establishment Republicans mobilized against their own general election candidate in Alabama and assisted the Democrats in smearing and, and defeating Roy Moore. The president uh, very much disappointed me. He did not campaign for Chris Kobach. If he had, Kobach would likely have won both in this primary and in the general election. But Mitch was successful in sidelining Trump. Trump did not come out in opposition to Kobach, but he didn't, uh, he didn't campaign for him either. I don't know if Mitch called in some chips to, uh, to sideline the president, but, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a disaster. Even if we win now, you know, we're going to end up with a, another one of these establishment Republicans that uh, is utterly worthless and fighting back against this, uh, this new Democrat radical party. I hope that if and when Donald Trump is reelected, he has the good sense to bring Kobach into the administration. I think he was nominating him uh, at one time for Department of Homeland Security, and Mitch uh, informed him in no uncertain terms that he would not be confirmed in the Senate. So he's going to need to bring him in in one of these acting roles or in a, uh, a lesser role that Kobach can put his skills to work, and his skills are considerable. In Michigan, it looks like Rashida Tlaib is, is going to win. It's hard to... Uh, tell Michigan is one of these states that has uh, adopted mail-in voting, and as of this broadcast, they've only they've gotten less than twenty percent of the precincts reporting. But Rashida Tlaib, the mm, anti-Semitic, radical Marxist Muslim representing the uh, Detroit area, is leading with sixty-six percent of the vote with those uh, that that small number of precincts reporting. But she outspent. Her opponent, uh, four to one, she uh, she had money pouring in from Hollywood and uh, the Soros network of nonprofit um, political operations. And so we're going to have to put up with her for another two years at least. In Missouri, a uh, one of these, they call them Justice Democrats. They're trying to shake the name uh, Democrat socialist. In fact, what she is is a declared Marxist. Her name's Cori Bush, and she defeated a uh, 10-term congressman that elected uh, uh, that represented areas of St. Louis County that include Ferguson, Missouri. She beat William Lacey Clay, who had inherited that seat from his father. Both of these candidates were black, but somehow they painted. Uh, Clay is, uh, you know, more mainstream, and uh, and they brought in one of these Bernie Marxists to defeat him. And if you think I'm exaggerating, uh, here is the aforementioned Miss Bush at a uh, at her celebration ceremony or uh, her victory celebration, 
And let me also thank somebody that stood with me that did not have to stand with me that you all probably know very well. I got to call out Senator Bernie Sanders. Call me Bernie. Call me Bernie. Drug me across the line. So, uh, you know, in Michigan and Missouri and in uh, other primaries so far with AOC, we haven't seen Rashida Tlaib face the voters yet. But the Democrats are busy electing, uh, you know, far left bomb throwers. And the GOP are, are on the track, thanks to Mitch McConnell, of electing more Chamber of Commerce, uh, plaid pant wearing country club uh, uh, softies to go up against them. Let's talk about this uh, the Beirut blast. They're saying now that uh, it it is a, a, a fertilizer dump, and, and this was an ammonium nitrate explosion. And all the characteristics, now that I've examined all of the tape, indicate that it was an ammonium nitrate explosion. And they're saying that public records uh, document that this ammonium nitrate dump totaling 2,700 tons right there on the docks in downtown Beirut, the capital of Lebanon, had been sitting there for six years in a hangar, not in a storage bin, not in a, uh, you know, a, a protected um, storage container to keep it away from uh ignition sources, but evidently just a giant hangar. Been sitting there for six years in downtown Beirut. If you watch the the uh, video, you'll see that there are two explosions. The first is a relatively minor, well, I say minor, relatively minor explosion, and then the ammonium nitrate goes up, and it is a giant explosion complete with mushroom clouds and and uh, shockwaves and just a, a devastating explosion. The ammonium nitrate was uh, in Beirut since 2013. It was on its way to Mozambique when the Lebanese officials seized a ship, kept the ship, uh, sent the crew home, offloaded the uh, the fertilizer, the ammonium nitrate, and put piled it up in uh, in a in a hangar. <laughs> I mean, that is, uh, that is some uh, serious ignorance right there. You know, you don't have to look far to tell what the effect of an ammonium nitrate blast was. Galveston, Texas was pretty much flattened back in the early 20th century by a, uh, fertilizer, um, ship, a, uh, a tanker that went up. So, you know, I was looking at this yesterday, and in light of the hostilities that have been going on on the Israeli border where Hezbollah has been trying to um, set up missile bases along the uh, the Israeli-Lebanese border, and, and, you know, news that there have been large shipments from Iran of missiles uh, being stockpiled in Beirut, that goes back all the way to 2018. And I, I, uh, I said I suspect that this uh, was a missile dump, or an ordnance dump that went up, and that 
the ignition might not have been entirely accidental. I still stick by that because it's quite clear from watching the video that there is an, an initial explosion and then uh, the the ammonium nitrate goes up. So it still could have been, uh, you know, uh, stockpiled missiles that that provided the ignition source to the ammonium nitrate. What's interesting, <laughs> you know, there's a weird sort of uh, thing going on here. <laughs> the thing. I had a Joe Biden moment. The thing. The Simpsons have, if you look back at Simpson episodes, you see a, a lot of uh, things in, in current events that are, are foretold in these episodes. Here's a Bart Simpson going into a Pakistani um, business to buy fireworks. Follow me. Any red blood eating American would love the M320. Celebrate the indignation by blowing up a small part of it. All right. Go! Boom. Shows a giant mushroom cloud. I don't know what happened to the sound there. Uh, but uh, I'm going to continue to look into this and see if the ammonium nitrate may have been a secondary explosion to uh, to the missiles either going off accidentally. And these missiles can be quite volatile, uh, especially if they're not handled or constructed right. Or the possibility that, uh, you know, it may not have been an accident, that uh, there may have been a a uh, an operation to take out those missiles because they were trying to uh, assemble them on the border of Israel. Hey, we're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the George Floyd tape right after this message. Stick with us. Mojo. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Mojo. So, have you uh, undoubtedly have seen this uh, newly released video that uh, Antifa sympathizer Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison had been sitting on that shows that George Floyd, prior to uh, the video that uh, was released that showed Officer Derek Chauvin restraining him by applying um, a knee to the back of his neck, this, uh, this video shows that obviously George Floyd was in a drug-induced frenzy and that uh, he was already complaining of uh, difficulty uh, breathing and uh, that he was going to die before he was ever even um, manhandled at all by the police. They, they initially started using uh, you know a very low level of force to try to get him in the backseat of the car, in which case he was violently resisting and pushed his way out onto the ground where they left him. 
He was uh, claiming he was claustrophobic and couldn't breathe and that he was going to die and that uh, he was going to have a heart attack. And the autopsy revealed that, yes, indeed, he was uh, probably at that time having a heart attack because he had a, a lethal level of fentanyl in his system along with methamphetamine. And he had advanced heart disease. <laughs> so just now, after setting this narrative, this uh, this George Floyd murder narrative that has unleashed all of these violent protests across this nation, we're just now seeing uh, the truth of what happened in the George Floyd case. I don't think it'll matter. They'll continue to spin this narrative. Remember that uh, reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. George Floyd, uh, you know, claimed he couldn't get in the back of this police car. Apparently he had no trouble driving a car. He was uh, in a car when they, they first apprehended him. And uh, there's no indication that during his 17 previous arrests, he ever had a problem getting in the back of a car. But we see now that uh, George Floyd was in a, uh, a frenzy, screaming, I'm going to die. I can't breathe. And what's, uh, you know, most disappointing is he's all these uh, media and cowardly politicians, including, I'm ashamed to say, the president of the United States, have already set the public narrative that uh, Derek Chauvin Committed murder. Yes, murder. And in fact, the Antifa sympathizer, Keith Ellison, uh, stuck, uh, stepped in and took over this case, upgraded the charges from um, uh, third-degree murder, depraved heart murder, um, you know, having a, a, a neglect for somebody, to a second-degree murder. Uh, murder where that he he's saying that the assault was intended but we had these public figures beginning with the mayor of Minneapolis George Floyd was murdered including the governor of Minnesota and just uh, innumerable politicians saying that George Floyd was murdered making it impossible for this uh, police officer who was exercising a restraint technique that was taught to him in the Minneapolis Police Academy. You don't have to take my word for it. You can go online and find the white paper that came out of the Minneapolis Police Academy on using this restraint technique. It's hard to imagine how Derek Chauvin will ever get a fair trial anywhere in this country. In Atlanta, my hometown, uh, the mayor, Keisha Lance Bottom, did the exact same thing to Officer Garrett Rolfe, said that he had committed murder by returning fire on a fleeing felon who had fired a stun or a, um, a taser at him, a taser gun, that which, according to Georgia statute, is in fact a deadly weapon. And now he is sitting in jail without bond. waiting to be tried by the uh, the cowardly and uh, despicable district attorney in Fulton County, Paul Howard. <sighs> I was noting on, on Twitter that uh, either Juan Williams on the five is, uh, is, you know, just playing a part 
of devil's advocate on, on the five, or he is, uh, he's one of the most disinformed, uninformed idiots in the country because yesterday he was on the show claiming that there was a, there was no spike in crime. <laughs> and we know that the murder rate and shooting rates are way up. Uh, he pointed to the fact that uh, certain other categories of violent crime are in fact down. He doesn't mention that in these, uh, these Democrat controlled cities, they've eliminated cash bail. And so now victims of a lot of violent crime are afraid to file charges or, or testify because they know that just as soon as they put that uh, criminal in jail, he's going to be turned right back out on the streets to, uh, to come after them. But, um, we do know that the crimes that they can't ignore murders and shootings are going through the roof. They've doubled in Minneapolis and Portland. They're up about, what would that be? Almost 50% in New York city. And you, you know, the story I just told you about uh, people being reluctant to press charges because they know that the criminal is going to be turned right out. Had a dramatic illustration in New York city yesterday where a gang member that had been arrested and released without bail promptly went in and uh, shot three of the people that accused him. So he's arrested on uh, an attempted murder charge released without bail, then goes back and commits three drive by shootings of the people that, uh, that accused him. I mean, is this really the path that the Democrats want to take us down? It's just going to be third world level, uh, crime with a, uh, a, uh, a police force that's been neutered, unable to carry out its responsibilities. Yesterday, they had testimony uh, in the Senate on these violent protests that are going on. Ken Cuccinelli, uh, the acting director of Homeland Security, opened the hearing with this statement. Rioters are not protesters and protesters are not rioters. To confuse the two does a grave disservice to the critical place for peaceful protest in our country. Let me be clear. The department fully supports the rights of peaceful protesters. We will never abandon our mission to safeguard those precious and hard-fought freedoms. Well, there's a problem with that sort of rhetoric, and it's very common is that the, uh, the these Antifa violent rioters use the so-called peaceful protesters to, uh, you know, to shield them, to make it possible for them to conduct their violent attacks uh, and then retreat into the crowd. I was very heartened to see Andy No, uh, who has been an undercover operative up in the Pacific Northwest that's documenting the rise of the violent Antifa movement, testify by their own admission, depend on mass numbers of peaceful protesters to act as human shields. Those privy to the organizational workings are divided into units, one to monitor police movement, one for street medics, one for vandals and arsonists, and so on. They coordinate on encrypted chat applications like Signal because they are extremely difficult for law enforcement to monitor. 
Antifa has mastered the art of making its violence appear innocuous. For example, projectiles that look like water balloons can be filled with chemicals. Small slingshots can be used to project rocks, glass, and ball bearings into police lines. Umbrella tips can be fastened with discreet pocket knives. Powerful handheld lasers can cause serious damage to the eyes. Antifa and its allies have made rioting an art form in Portland. They have access to a rich stream of cash flowing from platforms like GoFundMe, Venmo, and Cash App. Any conspirator arrested in Portland is instantly bailed out and ready for the next night of violent protest. I come to you today with a message for senators of both parties. Antifa's goal is not only to abolish the criminal justice system, it is to bring down the republic itself. Burn it down, they say. But don't take my word for it. Go read their literature, listen to their chants, and look at their graffiti messages. We have a violent insurrection going on in our country. Most of the Republicans have yet to recognize it, and almost all of the Democrats are, in fact, on board with it. Got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods, like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So I want to keep beating this drum on Antifa. It's not often we have testimony at a hearing in the uh, U.S. Senate on Antifa and the Black Lives Matter, the violence that's going on in their streets. And they had Andy Noah up there, who is the uh, the preeminent expert on the rise of this violent Marxist revolutionary insurgency that's uh, gripped our country. Ken Cuccinelli came up there and repeated uh, the same bromides that are allowing all of this, that, uh, you know, we support peaceful protests, but we don't support riots. You may have noticed, Ken, that most of these peaceful protests turn into riots, and while not everybody that are attending the protest are engaged in violence, they are providing the water in which the violent rioters actually swim in. And so, yes, we have a First Amendment to peacefully assemble. But they're not, uh, they're not observing the usual requirements for a peace, peaceful assembly that you notify the municipality so that they can protect it that you have a uh, predefined 
um, place or route that this uh, protest or march is going to take place and that you, uh, you know, allow law enforcement to, uh, to make sure that it is, uh, remains peaceful. No, they're just calling any of these, uh, these, uh, protests that spring up peaceful until they become riots. That's sort of, you know, the, the definition that the Democrats have pushed on us, mostly peaceful. Well, for two hours, it was peaceful. And then for an hour, they were burning the city down. So that's mostly peaceful. And anti no came up there and pointed out that the peaceful protesters are human shields for the violent attacks on law enforcement. So they need to stop calling these peaceful protests. If any protest devolves into violence, it's no longer a peaceful protest. That's what happened back, uh, back in the black lives matter protest in Dallas, Texas. I'm trying to think how long ago has it been three years since then where a uh, black lives matter, uh, fanatic shot about a dozen Dallas police officers, killing five. The news was peaceful protest uh, turns violent. It's not, it wasn't a peaceful protest to begin with. And, uh, and don't think that any of this is by accident. The Democrats know exactly what they're doing. You know, this is all part of Barack Obama's fundamental transformation of this nation that he spoke of. And now, you know, Joe Biden is saying as well, I'm going to play you another clip. This is uh, Barack Obama at John Lewis's funeral, telling a massive lie from the pulpit at Ebenezer Baptist church. But even as we sit here, there are those in power who are doing their darndest to discourage people from voting by closing polling locations and targeting minorities. That is not the correct clip. I apologize. Had another one of those. I need a producer, man. Um, but he goes on and he compares uh, federal law enforcement officers that are trying to protect federal facilities and keep the peace to Bull Connor. And he knows, you know, it's a calculated lie. He knows exactly what he's doing. We're confronted with an insurrection, a, a, a communist, anarchist movement with the explicit stated goal of overturning the U.S. government. And that is not enough to get the Democrats to, uh, to condemn them. They are, in fact, running interference for them. At that hearing that I was talking about yesterday, in fact, the chairman of the committee, it was the subcommittee on the Constitution, repeatedly tried to get uh, the ranking Democrat, Senator Crazy Maisie Hirono, to uh, utter some words of condemnation about Antifa, and she would not do it. At one point, she just walked out. Including By the Antifa. way, I have the time. By the way, you know, the, the Republicans are constantly using, I have to say, you, you brought it up yourself, the deaths of... These black police officers, Patrick Underwood and David Dorn, for uh, making political points. And the fact that it was right-wing extremists who killed Officer Underwood, that seems to be lost in this. Because it's lost because it's a lie. That was a lie that was formulated by the uh, radicals in Oakland. 
where uh, Officer Underwood, he was a uh, um, federal security guard for the courthouse out there, was killed by a violent leftist. And, of course, you know, they've been playing misdirection and, and claiming that uh, they're right wing. They were nothing of the sort. So Maisie Hirono was up there telling lies and spinning mythologies. This argument, and, and now there are all these attacks about Black Lives Matter and what they're saying. I mean, how many of us even think that defunding police departments is uh, should be taken literally? I mean, I certainly don't. Well, if defund the police shouldn't be taken literally, why would you adopt that as your slogan? The movement around defunding the police, the Democrats want to tell us, don't mean what they're actually named their whole slogan is defund the police and the democrats tell us oh they don't really mean that they just mean taking the money from the police and putting them in other programs um, <laughs> oh my god so if you take money from one group and give it to another that's not defunding them that's just redirecting let's redirect crazy Maisie's salary to my bank account and see if she feels like she was defunded. So, you know, we have this pesky thing called freedom of speech. And I'd say that the, the, the people who support Black Lives Matter and if they're calling for various boycotts and all that, that's called freedom of speech. And that's what this hearing title is, protecting speech. So all I can say is, look, we should all join hands and, and denouncing and... Uh, whatever words you want to use about violent extremism of all stripes. And I think we can all agree on that. So it's to constantly accuse. So she absolutely refuses to use the word Antifa and condemn their violence. Democrats of not caring about that is really, uh, I I, I can only say that you, you, you aren't listening. So I hope this is the end of this hearing, Mr. Chairman, and that we don't have to listen to any more of your rhetorical speeches. Thank you very much. I'm leaving. Well, I appreciate the, as always, kind and uplifting words of Senator Hirono. Thank you. And I would also note that throughout her remarks, she still did not say a negative word about Antifa, nor has any Democrat here. Uh, They instead engage in a political game where they depend. You're welcome to say something negative about Antifa right now. I think that I've covered the subject quite well. You are not listening. Okay. She declined to speak, so. Steadfastly refused uh, to utter any words of condemnation about Antifa. Preferred to just claim that she had made the statements in a general term without ever uttering the name of the group. I'm tempted to play you again this clip from Jim Jordan where he's grilling Anthony Fauci, trying to get him to say some words of condemnation about uh, these these protests, these mass protests and violent riots, and he refuses to do so as well. I guess we'll leave that for another day. But I do have to comment about about this double standard. You know, they're they're arresting people for attending church. They're arresting people for gathering in a park. They're arresting people for going to the beach. And yet, they absolutely 
steadfastly refuse to uh, avoid, uh, enforce these social distancing laws on these, uh, these violent protesters. Matter of fact, <laughs> these, uh, these lockdown social distancing rules don't apply to, at all to, to their favored causes coming up at the end of this month. The racist, deeply racist riot inciting Al Sharpton has a, 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 a march scheduled for Washington, D.C., and they expect 100,000 people together in front of Lincoln, the Lincoln Memorial on the Mall in, in Washington. And uh, there are currently uh, um, uh, quarantine rules in a in effect, the mayor there in Washington, D.C., Bowser, announced that anyone coming into D.C. from a high-risk state has to quarantine themselves for 14 days. And meanwhile, they're expecting a, a, a this 100,000-man hate march, and that's exactly what it is. Al Sharpton is, um, uh, you know, engages in hate speech coming from many of these high-risk states, including Georgia and Ohio and North Carolina and Texas. They're going to have buses arriving from states on this quarantine list. This, uh, this racist assembly is called Get Your Knee Off Our Necks March, scheduled for the 27th and the 28th. So, uh, you know, Mayor Bowser is going to declare this an essential... Uh, activity just the same she did uh, t- for the uh, the people returning from John Lewis's funeral, where all of these these distancing mandates were ignored at his funeral at Ebenezer Baptist Church, and they gathered there by the hundreds. So, if you believe their uh, you know their rhetoric, there's no way to bring this many people into uh, that area and have social distancing. And they're not going to be required to, to quarantine. These are uh, another example of the Democrats' double standards. The rules apply to you if I disagree with you. If you agree with me, then the rules don't apply. You know, um, you would think that with all of the hundreds of millions of dollars that big corporations have thrown at these, uh, this black lives matter movement, that they would have used some of that money to help support these black owned businesses that have been destroyed in these riots, help them rebuild their stores, help them make their payroll. None of that money is going there. When you go online to act blue and you contribute to black lives matter, that's just a pass through. It goes right to the Democrat party. It's the biggest money laundering operation in this country's history. I really like to monitor my Twitter feed, and uh, and I get a lot of uh, great insights from listeners to this show. Mojo Riverfish, who's calling in now with uh, <laughs> supremely corny jokes. We might have to have a, a corny joke Mojo Riverfish segment. segment. But he points out that all of the New York State Correctional Facilities are now allowing visitors, starting today, including 
buses from New York City. And he points out that our kids can't go back to school normal this fall. We can't go to a restaurant and eat chicken wings. But people can come from New York City and towns all over to visit criminals in jail. Well, I guess it's good, River Fish, that we still have some criminals in jail because they're turning them out as hard as they can. You can be arrested for violating one of these stay-at-home orders. They're doing that out in uh, Nevada and California. So at the same time they're arresting people and putting them in jail for violating a stay-at-home order, they're letting people out of jail so they don't get the coronavirus. We live in insane Insane times. One more story while we're on this topic. Uh, In Louisville and Milwaukee, the Black Lives Matter activists are making demands of local businesses. Basically a a mafia extortion racket that if they don't contribute 1.5% of their gross revenues to Black Lives Matter, that they won't be provided protection that they won't be exempted from the, uh, the riots that have torn and burned so many of them calling bill Barr, calling bill Barr. These are Rico violations and, and it's not a difficult case to prove. They've written down their demands in a letter contribute 1.5% of your revenue, put up banners, black lives matter, probably demanding free food as well. Hey, we're going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Ziplining across a vast valley, roasting s'mores beside the lake, whitewater rafting, Relaxing beside an ocean view pool. Well, trying to at least. There are lots of great things to dream about doing in South Carolina. So when you're ready to visit, South Carolina is ready to make those dreams a reality. From a classic road trip to a relaxing weekend getaway, South Carolina is open for discovery. Start planning today at discoversouthcarolina.com. Uh, so the Revolutionary Communist Party USA has come out with an endorsement for Joe Biden. The Communist Party, I'm not sure if the Revolutionary Communist Party USA is the same as the Chicago-based Communist Party USA, who endorsed Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama before that. They say they're endorsing Biden because he's a, he's the lesser of two evils, that they've got to get Donald Trump out of there. But, you know, whenever David Duke or uh, the Conservative Citizens Council ever endorse a Republican, 
the media runs out immediately and demands that all of the Republicans, the candidate and all of the Republicans in Congress disavow the endorsement. And of course, what they're doing is, you know, trying to hang that uh, endorsement around the neck of the the Republican politician to imply that he is a, you know, a racist, a closet crypto Klansman or something. Why don't they ever ask demand that the Democrat candidates or the Democrats disavow the endorsement of the communist party USA communist party, both in the Soviet union and, uh, in China and other places have been, uh, the cause of more mass murder than any other ideology in the history of the world. Why aren't the Dems required to disavow? I'll do it right here. I demand that Joe Biden disavow the endorsement of the revolutionary communist party USA. He won't do it. You know why he won't do it? Because he's counting on a, a large number of those Bernie votes to push him over the top in this election. And he knows that if he were to disavow the communist party, that he would uh, alienate a lot of those voters. Biden uh, appeared on a, a, um, a, a, one of these zoom conferences along with a CBS news, Errol Barnett. And to his credit, uh, Barnett did ask him if he intended to take a cognitive test have you taken a cognitive no test? i haven't taken a test why the hell would i take a test come on man come on that's man. like saying you before you got in this program if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not what do you think huh are, are you a junkie? what do you say to president trump who brags about his tests and makes your mental state an issue for voters well if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, oh, I, I know man. you're trying to goad me, but, I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There going to be plenty of time. And, by the way, as I joke with him, you know, it, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't I, – I probably shouldn't say. Anyway – I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. Uh, what what do you say? I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't. I, I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh my God! He's arguing uh, that he, he he there's no reason for him to take a cognitive test while he he makes absolutely no sense at all. <laughs> the campaign needs to get a hold of that and put it on a loop. You know, there's been a lot of talk about who the uh, Biden is going to choose as his vice presidential candidate. He accidentally picked Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) He found himself on a flight with Whoopi and um, thought it was Karen Bass. And halfway through the flight, he uh, offered her the vice presidential spot. And Whoopi was too embarrassed to to disagree. And and now she's going to be his vice presidential running mate. That's a 
That's a Babylon B kind of story. Biden had a uh, one of these uh, streamed uh, meetings, mass meetings on YouTube, where he was talking about the Latino agenda. Had a total of 136 people tune in to watch. <laughs> oh my God! You talk about not being able to generate a crowd. He can't pe- get, even get people to log on in their jammies. So let's talk about this Oprah Winfrey um, program. He's calling it uncomfortable conversations about race, and she's basically lecturing the rest of us about our privilege that our whiteness gives us an advantage. No matter what we do, we can never uh, redeem ourselves from our racist nature. And she assembled a bunch of uh, these, uh, you know, uh, cocktail or New York City cocktail party liberals to flail themselves and grovel before her. Sounded uh, something like this. It's impossible to just not be racist. I realized that I either was a racist or an anti-racist. Exposing myself even more like put my body where my yes. body is. Yes. 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 How do we unearth and, and continue to surface these unconscious biases that white people, that we as white people have? Well, that wasn't good enough for Oprah. She uh, she was going to have a good, solid flailing of these uh, these white liberals while she had them in front of her. And you got to keep in mind that Oprah Winfrey is worth about three billion dollars, richest black woman in the world. She's not alone. There are you know hundreds of black millionaires across this country. She's sitting there, you know, looking very sternly at these these white liberals and, uh, and, you know, demanding that they grovel before her as white people. We, we, even the poorest of the poor, I feel still has a leg up. Um, and it's, yeah. It's and really the leg up is what I was saying. You still have your whiteness. That's what the, that's what the term white privilege is. It means that whiteness still gives you an advantage no matter what uh-huh. you might want to tell that to the, the poor dirt farmers in Appalachia, you know, I, I get a little tired of this being lectured by a millionaire uh, celebrities and athletes about my white privilege. I was raised born into public housing, spent all of my summers uh, working on my, my granddad's uh, truck farm. He had a, a truck farm that we, uh, you know, we would pick produce in the field. I, I uh, grew up, you know, pushing a push plow. And then uh, after all the uh, animals were fed in the morning, we would uh, we would go off and work with my granddad in construction sites. We'd come home in the evening and uh, and pick crops. That was all the way in, you know, until I got old enough to take care of myself uh, during the summers. My mom, I was raised by a single mom. And then shortly after that, went to work uh, paving on a paving crew when I was 14 years old. And to have these people constant lecturing me about white privilege is, is, makes me sick to my stomach. She, uh, here's another clip from this. There are white people who are not as powerful as the system of white people, the caste system that's been put in place, but they still, no matter where they are on the rung or the ladder of success, 
they still have their whiteness. I still have my whiteness. Well, you can't have whiteness. She had a, a black guest on who basically said that, uh, you know, white people are irredeemable. And if you raise your kids to be white, then uh, they are going to uh, be soulless and, and uh, uh, despicable. You are not careful. Your children will live their whole life white. And at 26, 27, they'll end up being a part of the problem because you just let them and allowed them to live a completely white, sheltered and cultureless life. Cultureless life. So these black racists, and that's the only term for them, they are deeply hateful black racists. They hate white people. They've come across this uh, this tactic of accusing you know white people of being uh, somehow morally retarded and evil, and therefore they get to lecture us from their mansions about how awful we are. I'm getting a little sick of it. I've been sick of it, as a matter of fact. Oh, what else shall we talk about? Let's talk about the opening the schools. The the teachers have uh, taken these unionized teachers, I should say, have taken to uh, putting up uh, tombstones in front of the school that say, here lies a third grader that uh, caught COVID. They're they're marching through the streets, carrying caskets that say that there are children inside. They're demanding that private schools and charter schools not reopen because they say that that will give those students an unfair advantage over the public school kids that they have refused to teach. Here's a clip from the CDC director. They keep telling us we have to listen to the science. We have to listen to the science. Pay attention to the scientists. This is the director of the CDC. Do you think that schools should safely reopen this fall with in-person learning? Yes, I think it's important to realize that it's in the public health best interest of K-12 through students to get back in face-to-face learning. There's really very significant public health consequences of the school closure. So well, for example, is- they lack the ability to detect child abuse that occurs and is detected often in schools. Do you know how much child abuse will not be detected if children aren't returning to the school? Well, the child abuse is one issue. The other issue is they're not learning. And even the United Nations, and I don't often cite the United Nations, but it's called uh, the shutdown of these schools a, a disaster, a generational disaster for our kids. And we need to uh, look seriously at uh, deunionizing the teacher workforce if they're not going to, if the unionized teachers are not going to do their jobs. Yeah, we ought to do it anyway. These left-wing unions are uh, a cancer. That takes us to the end. Hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Sierra Well in Reno and Carson City offers a great variety of quality cannabis and CBD products. We offer contactless curbside pickup, free delivery, and storefront shopping so we can get exactly what you need effortlessly and as quickly as possible. Order ahead online at sierrawell.com and pay when you pick up or at time of delivery. For questions, call us at 775-800-WELL to speak with one of our customer experience experts. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. 
Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.